This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. When I was struggling with my mental health, seeing a therapist helped me to feel safe and supported as I talked through my problems. I've learned a lot about myself and it has led me to feeling calmer and happier in all aspects of my life. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and you'd just like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in your relationships or at work. Or maybe you're just not dealing very well with stress. BetterHelp is customised online therapy that offers video, phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you're not feeling like it. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. And a special offer to Out of Ink listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash outofink. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash outofink. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Hello and welcome to the Out of Ink podcast with myself, Bea Baranoska and Molly Lemon. This is the podcast where two anxious creatives talk openly and honestly about life as an artist. <gasps> I haven't forgotten the intro. Yay. Okay, <laughs> so it's only been four months since we last recorded. That's not too bad, seeing as you've birthed a whole human between <laughs> then and now. No, that's not too bad. When we when we went away, I did have visions of never, ever being able to do this again with a small human, so... yeah. I feel like it's good. We've made very good progress. Fast. We we have. We have. Well <laughs> no, done. No, you have. I haven't. Oh. Well, I think you messaged me, though, to say you were missing the podcast and you were thinking mm. we could do monthly records. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's our plan, to do a monthly podcast, not weekly. Weekly is way too ambitious with a two-month-old. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was too much before then as well. We, we can't cope. We don't know how other people do it. No, it was a lot. So, yeah. That's the aim. I feel like it's better to be monthly and like that's kind of more consistent than doing it weekly for 10 weeks and then disappearing for six months, which is what we were doing. Did we have a six month break? No. Oh. You exaggerate. I think it was like four. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I exaggerated. Anyway, Sorry. regardless, we are here. We are excited yeah. to be back. Oh, I'm excited to be back. Are you excited to be back? Yes. You look apprehensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay well oh since we've been away we now Mm -hmm. have we now have a swanky new instagram account oh yeah we do which if you are a podcast listener it would be wise for you to go and follow that account it would because then because they're monthly you're probably not going to remember when the podcast comes back so better to follow that we're maybe going to start doing fun things like you can help us choose the anxiety scale when, mm. we, when we can't decide you know you don't want to miss out on that kind of extra content <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah you just follow us are, are we out of ink pod out of ink pod on instagram yeah we're not like young enough to be on tiktok yet i don't think <laughs> you have tiktok i refuse to, i refuse to move to tiktok i'm afraid yeah well, that's because you use the word popping yesterday no, what was it <laughs> popping you that said was... it no do you say popping or hopping <laughs> popping. popping that was weeks ago you can't hold that against me you said oh instagram isn't as popping as it used to be and i said you sound like <laughs> such a mum 
Yeah. Being a mum has has aged me quite considerably. (laughs) By like 30 years, apparently. (laughs) No, don't. Because I was thinking the other day that when when he's 30, Mm. I'll be 60. Yeah, so will I. But yeah, it's but horrible. It, that's terrifying. Mm. Yeah, age and time happens. It does. It is. Yeah, I know. I think about that often. Do you? Mm. Mm. It's because we're both coming up to our thirtieth birthdays. Yes, the big three O this year. Mm. Anyway, it's too depressing. Right. <laughs> okay. Should we jump into the anxiety scale? Yeah, let's jump on in. <laughs> So Molly suggested vegetables, which I thought was random, but I also thought I really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, I think we did fruit. Did we do fruit? No, I don't think we've Have done Have we not? No. Well, we will do fruit <laughs> if we haven't. <laughs> I just thought, you know, vegetables are wholesome and it's a good first topic back. Now, I wasn't sure if we were rating these vegetables by um, a taste or appearance I've gone for taste. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, appearance would have been like weird. No, what? no, it wouldn't have been weird. Just another way. But of you rating. don't buy a vegetable to look at it. You buy it to eat it. I don't know. An artichoke is quite a beautiful vegetable. You might buy that to just put it on your table and go look at my artichoke. That was nearly my top one. Anyway, <laughs> you want to go first? Yeah. Okay. Right. Don't shout at me. I chose something. And then I looked it up because I was like, oh no, is it technically a fruit? And it is technically a fruit, but... No! I- <laughs> no! I'm sorry. Take no. five and repeat. Let no. me, let me no. tell... Uh-uh. Can I tell is you it what tomato? it was? No, can I tell you what it was so that at least, you know, you can be like, yeah, that is a vegetable, really. Mm. It was an avocado. Oh, really? Yeah. That is a vegetable. There you no, go. No, you can have that. Oh, great. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. Thanks. I don't mean to overreact. You did a bit. Oh, I just love avocados, but yeah... I um I was upset to learn it was a fruit. I just realised. So we're recording this for our Instagram, and we don't know if it's recording. But Winnie's just licking her bum in the in the back. I can't see background. that. <laughs> Where? There. Oh, I had my um the recording box over that, so I missed that. Sorry, drop. sorry, carry on. I didn't mean to interrupt. That's you. What right. are you saying about avocados? Oh, just that they're delightful. I know that they're they quite are. they're quite an environmentally bad. Completely, vegetable. yeah, terribly. Unenvironmentally and they're expensive, and I don't have them a lot. But I love, I love a guacamole. Oh, I love like smashed avocado and egg on toast. Lovely. But there's nothing more disappointing than a bad avocado. Like an unripe avocado is awful. Do you know the worst thing as well? Every single time you go to the supermarket and they got little stickers on them now that say ripe and ready. So Mm. you you buy that thinking, great, I'll have that tonight for my guacamole. And then you bring it home and it is never ripe and ready. (laughs) It always takes days and days to be ripe and ready. So they lie. Yeah. Yeah. I I am not surprised by your choice because it's very you. You, It's delicious. It's a delicious vegetable. Yeah. Anyway, okay, then on the other end of the scale, so that's a Mm. 10, by the way, I forgot to say that, bit out of practice. Yeah. Now a one, oh, it's it's predictable, I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's a Brussels sprout. Yeah, I thought that would appear on your scale. Me and Adam were discussing this yesterday. I asked him what his would be, and I thought he liked sprouts, but he also rated it a one. Oh, so when I brought them over to your house, cooked them really, really badly, I forced both of you to eat them, and you both didn't like them. Look, he, he eats them because he appreciates the nutritional value. I don't even... I don't. I just appreciate that they taste bad in my mouth. Um, <laughs> and then I, I'm going to say what this is, and you can guess what number it is. Okay. Kale. Mmm. Kale's nice, but it is quite Brussels sprouty in taste. I'd say 
You're a six. You're close. I'll put it at a five. Because right. it's a very middling vegetable, isn't it? It depends how it's prepared or cooked. Sometimes quite nice. Like mm. in a sarg, you know? And mm. then other times a bit bitter. Do you know what? A really nice way to cook kale, and this is turning into a cooking podcast, is is a quite a dry pan with a bit of oil and quite a lot of salt. And then you almost... Like oh, turn it into crispy like seaweed. I love crispy mm. seaweed so much. Yeah, so it's a bit like that. Like it's almost like parts of it are slightly scorched. Yeah, but it's really. Or nice. you can do. You can just shove it in the oven mm. again. Oh right. And that turns mm. it into like crisps. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, it, it can be good, but I also feel like it can be bad. So that's why it's yeah. just bang in the middle. middle of the road. Yeah. Fair enough. Right. How about your vegetable delights? So number ten. Yeah. My best vegetable ever. <laughs> it is very unethical and has almost no nut- nutritional value at all but what? there's nothing more exciting than a baby sweet corn oh no really <laughs> they're always like i think my parents used to bring them home as a treat sometimes and they're just so like exciting <laughs> and this is why molly binges <laughs> on chocolate now <laughs> like they just feel really exotic and they're little bite sized and they don't really taste of anything but they're just really excitingly mini like a sweet corn tastes better but a mini sweet corn is more satisfying yeah they don't taste anything like sweet corn I like them but I would rate them about a four I reckon oh really yeah. see I like them I like them raw like a snack on the sofa or in a stir fry do you know what them. the equivalent to that that I would say is better is like a monge too because they're tiny yeah. teeny yeah lovely yeah nice but not as exciting as a mini sweet corn oh sorry the mini sweet corn's exotic <laughs> okay fine you can keep your mini sweet corns i won't be raiding your fridge for those okay you're gonna disagree with number one my most anxious day ever because mm. i know you like them but it is a parsnip oh yeah i do like a parsnip but i do yeah. understand that they're, they're quite seasonal i don't really eat parsnips unless it's christmas no they're too flavoursome for me and a bit soapy and I'd rather have a potato. Too flavoursome? Yeah, too much flavour. I've just chosen a baby sweet corn as my number one. That has no flavour. <laughs> uh, number ten. No flavour. So parsnip, yeah, too flavoursome. Parsnips don't really have much of a flavour at all. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's soap. Like a soapy potato. No? Okay. <laughs> No. Okay, fine. You, you have Maybe that. we have different taste bud genes. Yeah, probably. Um, and then today I'm a cauliflower. Are you like putting that cauliflower? Are you smothering it in cheese, or are you just <laughs> you just having it raw? It's just a cauliflower because yeah, these aren't chosen dishes. I can't give you any more clues, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. It's just that smothered in cheese, it rates quite high. Hmm. Oh, like cauliflower cheese. Yeah, but raw or just cooked, it rates very low. So okay. I'm going to middle it. I'm going to say it's a five. I've put it as a four. I don't like cauliflower cheese, really. I do like it roasted with paprika. Mm, that sounds mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, that yeah it's really good. nice. Yeah, it's quite a nice vegetable. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Now you've learned all about our vegetable tastes. Um. So what we've learned is we're both feeling a bit middle of the road. Haven't come back completely like pumped for series four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I just it's, it's it's raining. It's rainy. Yeah, I'm feeling a bit overworked and anxious. And I just have a two month old, so I'm just always anxious now. Fair enough. Yeah, that that's legit. So this week we don't have a topic, but we both 
kind of have topics to talk about. Therapy and babies. Therapy and babies. The official name of the episode. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, I think so. I love it. Therapy and babies. Okay. Yeah. Um, because that's kind of what has happened. That's like the big thing in both our lives. Yeah. Since we last recorded the podcast. Although we touched on both in the Christmas special, but... I'm living mine now, and you are almost finishing therapy, so it's quite... They're quite good topics to discuss today, I think. I agree. Before we mentioned the baby thing, I, I really had no idea what was coming, to be honest. <laughs> I just... Yeah. I, I don't think anyone could ever have prepared me. No. But I guess... No, I've got no wisdom. I don't know anything about babies. That's what I'm <laughs> going to learn from you. <laughs> So, sum up <laughs> your last two months in five to eight minutes. Okay. Went to hospital. Had a baby. That bit was fine. That was honestly, it was okay. I had um, gas and air and it was just like my, it's not my new favourite thing. Mm. <laughs> I wish I could just have gas and air in my house for anxious moments. Lovely. Um, baby was born. It was mm. a boy. Everyone, and I mean everyone, <laughs> thought I was having a girl. Yeah. So when they passed me the baby and Adam said, it's a boy. And I was still in a little bit of like a gas and air haze. I was like, what? <laughs> a boy? Surely not. Um, uh, but obviously in that in that moment, I think kind of maybe this is a real positive to not finding out the gender. Mm. Because it's no secret that I did want a girl. But in the moment, like having spent what, like 20 hours in labour giving birth to this tiny thing. Yeah, and nine months growing it. Yeah, there's just no way I was going to be disappointed with whatever mm. that gender was because it was now here and it was my baby. So even yeah. though I was a bit like, I really thought you were a girl, you've thrown a spanner in the works here, but all the flowery leggings that I've bought you. <laughs> <laughs> Which, FYI, he has worn a few of them and he, he pulls them off quite well. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's lovely. But um, that was a weak sum up, I, I realised that. <laughs> lovely lovely birth lovely baby <laughs> no honestly um i was really worried about physically giving birth mm. and i would say that the first two weeks of actually keeping the baby alive mm. were much much harder than the birthing the baby yeah and i'd prepared as much as i thought i could for the birth and all i'd prepared for actually having the baby was like i'd bought some stuff <laughs> yeah well no the your, the nursery was like i Felt a bit anxious walking into the nursery because you were so prepared. I was like, my God, everything's here and in its place and this is like a lot. Yeah, but you've just said exactly the thing. Like, we had all the stuff. We had all the gear. Basically, we had all the gear, no idea. That, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's the thing. And we, so we, I remember we brought him home and we had him in his little carry cot thing. And we walked in and we, we put him on the living room floor and we were just like, oh, right. <laughs> what do we do now like <laughs> this is it we've got a small human now for the rest of time and yeah I honestly I mean I spoke about it a bit on my Instagram I feel like maybe people don't speak about it enough because the first month was so hard it was so hard mm. I just lost my entire sense of identity that wasn't just mothering this really small human mm. and just little things like taking Margot out for a walk when he was so small and he like didn't fit in a sling and and it was cold because he was born in the winter so like we'd have to take it in turns to take him out and I would just sit on the sofa and there's a park opposite my house and I would just sit on the sofa and look at Adam and Margot in the park and just like long to be there 
but just be mm. sat inside with this baby, like literally chained to the house with this baby. Mm. That was really difficult. I felt like my mental health started to improve and only started to improve when we worked out how to get him out of the house or how we could yeah. all get out of the house together. And then also like sleeping for two hours at a time is abysmal. Like <laughs> I totally, totally see why they use uh, sleep deprivation as a form of torture because mm. like I don't know about you but when you go to sleep you don't instantly fall asleep do you so yeah. you're not you're not getting two hours sleep you're getting however long it takes you to fall asleep and then he's waking you up again and like probably if what it felt like to me is I'd only just got to sleep every time he woke yeah. up and also of all the people I know I think you were probably if I said like you were the one that needed the most sleep. Like, you were not good on no sleep. Like, if you'd had a bad night, it would really affect how you were the next day. And I was like, how is she going to cope because she needs oh, to sleep? both me and Adam needed eight hours sleep to function. Yeah. That's eight hours in a row. Not two, 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 two. Like, really decent REM sleep. And otherwise, we were just grumpy. And we were worried about how we would cope. And I'd say we didn't cope. Mm. <laughs> we, um, when we napped in the day, we had, like, we'd have family come over to visit us. And they would watch him while we napped because we were so exhausted. But the worst part of it is you have the worst sleep of your entire life. Then you wake up from that sleep and you somehow have to look after the baby all day on that Mm. limited amount of sleep. And it's such a stressful task. And it's like everything feels worse when you're sleep deprived. Everything. Mm. How long has it been? Two months? He's two Two months months old tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Or is it eight weeks tomorrow? Eight Eight weeks. weeks. Is that the same thing? No. Yeah. Is it? Similar. No? Okay. No, he's two months on Tuesday. Okay. Eight, yeah, eight weeks on Saturday. But um, I don't know. Things have just started getting a bit easier. And like and nicer as well because he started smiling now. So like mm. newborn babies are basically just crying potatoes. <laughs> they, <laughs> they give you zero emotion. Like they don't know that you're getting up through the night to feed them. They don't know who you are. They just know that they need food to survive. And now he's definitely starting to recognise us. Like, so I'll put him to sleep in his cot. And then when I go to get him when he's waking up, the other day he looked at me and smiled. Like he was, Mm. he he was thinking, my rescuer, she's come to get me out and give me more milk. And that was really nice. And also he started sleeping slightly longer stretches during the night now. So last night, his first stretch was five hours. Now, if Mm. you think that I've been living on two hours, five hours sounds like a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it does sound, it does sound a lot better. Yeah, it's not, we're not quite there yet with what I want. The full eight hours, please. <laughs> <laughs> but I take it. I take it over two hours any day. Yeah, definitely. Just going to say well done for getting through the last two months. And also the nine months before that. That didn't look fun either. No, that was a really anxious time. <laughs> that was a really anxious time for me. But again, I've got over that now and I would have another one in a heartbeat now. Really? Oh, yeah. If you'd asked me two weeks in if I ever wanted another baby, I would have been mm. like outright no. In fact, me and, Ad- me and Adam would sit and discuss how on earth anyone had ever chosen to do this twice. Because it, <laughs> it, it was so hard. We were like, why would you put yourself through this again? But now, because he's getting a little bit of a personality and he's, he's just, he's so cute. Mm. So like, I can see now why you'd want to do it again. That's a quick turnaround. So if, from going from never again to I'll have one in a heartbeat, that's impressive. 
Yeah, well, I, I just think it's it's time, isn't it? I basically just spent the first two weeks Googling every five seconds, everything he was doing, <laughs> everything I was feeling. Like, my Google search history was just, why is my baby my baby? Um, <laughs> but uh, it said on Google, the first six to eight weeks are the hardest. And it, that's totally true. Because when mm. it hits six weeks, I mean, it's still hard. It is still really hard. But it hit six weeks and something just changed where I don't think it got easier but I think we had got used to it or we mm. we had adjusted to less sleep and we knew now what was coming, like what the days were going to be like. Whereas before it was very all over the place. Like he's got a little routine now and I don't know about you, but I just, I need routine in my life to survive. No, you, you are very routine focused. Both of you are. And that was another thing that was yeah. like, you like go food shopping on the same evening every week. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm so sporadic with things. I, I just don't have a routine. Routine went out the window when he was born. And I, yeah, I've really struggled with it because I needed to know what my day is going to look like. I needed to know some sort of structure. So now, for instance, he has a bath at seven. He goes to bed at eight. If we're lucky, he sleeps until two, you know, and I, ha- and that's, I have that to go by. And I like that. Mm. yeah so there you go there's a brief summary of my life it's been really hard but also I don't want to put anyone off it because it's also been amazing oh I don't know it's probably been more hard than it has been what am I saying you need to cut this out I've lost it I've lost it's it it's been harder than it's been rewarding but the, you can see that kind of balance shifting yes thank you you've summed it up that's okay well you know that's what I'm here for Okay, yeah, so that's the baby section of the podcast. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the therapy section. We feel like they're, they're, they're quite intertwined because... Yeah, because after having a baby, you need therapy. You should, probably should have set up a therapist <laughs> ready and waiting. <laughs> that would be a good tip for people, you know. Go on then, talk us through your therapy journey. That sounds so... <laughs> how you think therapy is you know what I mean like the journey of therapy yes I know nothing about therapy all I know about therapy is it really does seem to have helped you yeah it's magic so but I I touched on it in the Christmas episode but very quickly because I was still in the middle of it all really in December so I think I was like yeah and then I was really unwell and then I went to therapy and I feel a bit better is basically what I said. <laughs> You'd only recently started hadn't you? Yeah so I'll, I'll go through it less manically this time. So last year was, was a bad year <laughs> for my mental health mm. which always feels like you know when you can't really point to too much that's actually bad but for some reason you've never been more unhappy and then you feel guilty for feeling unhappy because you're like but I'm lucky I've got good things I think you've just described the last two months of my life (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah the guilt the guilt for feeling yeah when you should be happy yeah but you're not yeah 100% yeah Yeah. so that was me from the outside everything looked fine but in my brain it was not so I was just progressively more miserable every month last year (laughs) <laughs> and um, and then in like October I was really miserable and B knew how miserable I was <laughs> happy chat for, for our listeners I remember an afternoon I was walking Winnie and I was voice noting B as I always do on my walks mm. and I just remember I don't know if you remember but I was crying a lot I was like just crying for not really any reason I remember some, yeah, yeah I remember. and I was like I don't even know what's real anymore I was like <laughs> I was like is is this real? Is this bad? Like, I don't know. Mm. Like, I wasn't really sure what was real or not. That's 
called anxiety, I guess. Yeah. Um, and OCD. And then, like, a couple of weeks after that, I told Sam how bad things were. Because I'd not really told him, because Sam's my husband, for those who aren't regular listeners. Because I was like, oh, he's got a hard job. And, like, does he really need to listen to me in the evening, telling him how un- <laughs> unhappy I am? <laughs> oh, no. He knew I was, like, a bit stressed, but he didn't know how, like, dark things were in my head. I think that's important, what you just said, because I think people probably think they don't want to burden other people, but actually not talking to someone about how you're feeling was probably making it worse. Yeah, basically. (laughs) So he was really supportive, and he was like, what can I do to help? And I was like, well, the evenings are really scary for me. Like, I was just terrified to be in my own head, and if I was working, I could kind of distract myself a bit, but, like, watching TV in the evening, I was, like, having the darkest thoughts you can have. (laughs) Like, while watching, like, the Bake Off, and I was like, this is really uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, no. So, he, so I, he was like, what do you want? And I was like, well, maybe we can start doing things in the evenings. So we started, like, driving oh, to Cotswolds yeah. Villages. Like, it was so cold, because it was, like, <laughs> autumn, winter. And then I was like, maybe that will distract me, because we're out in the evening. So we'd, like, have dinner, and then we'd drive out. But then I was just, like, completely miserable in the car and then miserable <laughs> in a little Cotswold village. But then trying to pretend it was helping. So it wasn't helping? No, because the thing is, you can't run away from your bad mental health because you're in your head. Your head is attached. Your brain is attached. Yeah. Because you get in the car doesn't mean you've left it at home. Yeah, that makes sense. So anyway, and then it got really bad and uh, <laughs> it's, like, so depressing. Anyway, <gasps> I called my mum and I was, like, crying... I think I was crying. I can't really remember. I was basically mad. I was like, literally, had gone mad. I didn't know what was true anymore. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on in my brain. I didn't know. Anyway, and she was like, "You need to see a therapist." Mm. And that is how I ended up seeing my therapist. And did she recommend the therapist you are seeing? Is that how you found him? Yeah, because she's a psychologist, so she knew mm. someone who specialised in anxiety and OCD. And that's what... Like, the NHS... I called the NHS, and they diagnosed me with severe anxiety and severe depression. Oh, no. But they, I don't think they could, in that one, diagnose They the put OCD. you on a big waiting list, didn't they? Or didn't they say yeah. you could have therapy, but, like, not for a month or something? Yeah, they said a month, and I was like, I don't know if I can do it another month like I can't I can't no No. so hence why I then called my mum and I know I'm really lucky that I was able to have therapy privately and um and yeah not everyone can afford therapy Mm. and then saw the therapist and like the first week I spoke to him and I felt so like safe because I was like oh there's a professional here that's going to keep me safe because I didn't feel safe in my head I do feel like it did help you almost instantly I remember you coming away from your first session and being like I feel better it was like such a relief to have someone that was like qualified to help me Mm. so it was like helpful from the off just to have that weekly support and then I don't really know we had spent like five weeks just going back over things that had happened even that just helped like when we first started talking I was like can you just help me can you give me some things to help me because I'm mad like I'm going mad and I need you to tell me do this and you'll feel better but I thought he'd be like oh you just need to do this and that will stop your crazy thoughts but he was like no we need to talk through everything 
and that lasted from November to January. Well, there's not an easy fix, though, is there? Because no. you've got to work. You've got to work out why you're feeling like that in the first place. Yeah. Anyway, so I didn't think the talking would help, but actually it did. And by the time we got to the more practical stage, I was like, well, I feel a lot better. So mm. that's good. It's been really helpful. The changes have been like I'm not having manic thoughts anymore. I'm not that's thinking good. I've I've killed people when I hit a pothole. <laughs> that was a thing. That's you were thinking you'd killed people. Yeah, like if I hit a pothole in the car, I'd think it's like um I think it's a mix of anxiety and OCD, but then I'd think that wasn't a pothole, that was a child or that was a dog or that was a person. And then oh, no. I'd be driving away being like I need to drive back and check I, there's <laughs> not a dead person on the floor. Oh my And then no. I'd like get home and I'd like Google in case there's like in the news someone's done hit and run. <laughs> Like, literally, like, so I'm much. sorry, it's not funny, but it is just, like, absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, the things my therapist mentions is, like, so many people have these same thoughts, and you think you're mad. Mm. And I, I had gone mad, I guess, but, like, everyone... Like, it happens to so many people. Yeah. Because that's what happens when you've got so much anxiety things like OCD crop up and then and I'd already had that anyway but basically that wasn't happening anymore well that's good that's good that's a positive thing you don't want to think you've run over children every time you get in the car no I still have OCD but it's more minor and I hadn't been able to like listen to music for like without feeling like upset by music for like um all my life so and I, now I can why did music make you upset was it not distracting enough for your brain no it's like um it's too nostalgic or it can make me feel emotions I didn't want to feel like music that's a bit sad okay so like I wouldn't allow myself to feel sad so I was like I oh, know it's sad like anything that wasn't like really upbeat and catchy was like a danger do you have a lot of sad music in your repertoire <laughs> <laughs> no like any music that you know like catchy up beat music yeah so anything that wasn't that was like a, a threat to me feeling emotions <laughs> that I didn't want to feel but now I've learned that all emotions are valid and it's not bad to be sad no it's absolutely not bad to be sad I felt like the worst person in the world for feeling like having a baby was so hard but then actually when you start to talk about it and you talk to other people you realize that everyone was feeling like that and that everyone was like no no it was the hardest thing I've ever done it's just that maybe people weren't openly talking about that until they learnt that you also found it hard which is sad because yeah you shouldn't feel ashamed to say that something is really hard yeah that's why I always talk about how I'm feeling on like Instagram because things can yeah. look really I've never had as big a response to something on my Instagram stories as to when I posted that story just saying that how hard I was finding everything mm. I just had so many messages of people being like yeah <laughs> it's really hard I felt the same yeah and it's really reassuring but yeah you're right like it's it's so much easier to we've talked about this on our instagram episode but it's so much easier to just not share the hard things Mm. and also like you can put a front on like even if you're going through something really bad you can put a front on and pretend you're okay which is you know you can get quite good at that i felt like a bad person because like all i've wanted for ages was to have a baby and i know people struggle to have children and i know like it it was i felt really lucky that i was able like fairly easily able to have a baby and then Mm. i felt so ungrateful because i had him and all i wanted in the first two weeks was for someone to come and like take him away (laughs) i wanted Mm. to go back to bar hospital and be like um you've made a mistake yeah (laughs) i've made a mistake yeah could you you, (laughs) 
could you have him back, please? And it's really hard to talk about that because, like, then you feel ashamed. Yeah, and obviously, I didn't want that. Like, I didn't want that at all. But in my broken brain that was trying to... It was trying to process the fact that, you know, I wasn't me anymore. I was... I'm, like, mainly his mum. And then Mm. secondary to that is Mm. everything else that I used to be. Mm. Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult to come to terms with and Mm. to to accept and to say out loud. (laughs) Yeah. But it's important because then if people are feeling that and they're feeling ashamed and feel like they can't share it, then it gets worse. Mm. So you're my therapist now because you've had the actual therapy and you've got all the mm. techniques, so now okay. you can therapise me. Though that's the thing, I don't feel like I could give someone really much of a technique other than I just feel better for going through like past trauma, like unwrapping everything. Although like some weeks I did come out unable to eat for days. Like I did, some weeks have made me feel really unwell because mm. it's a lot. But, you know, that's a side effect. Yeah, but that's because you're talking about the worst things that have happened to you and that, that's mm. bringing back the trauma that's understandable but it's important yeah. to talk if you didn't talk about that then you can't get to the root of maybe why you were mm. feeling like that oh i feel like ever since i've had therapy like everything i said previously on this podcast is not like the truth <laughs> no you that's kept not being like no that's not right and i was like oh yeah like so many like sweeping <laughs> statements i'm just like what like that was wrong no. and now i feel like i feel way more qualified to do this podcast to be honest Oh, I think you're being hard on yourself. I was like, went in there and he was like, tell me about yourself. And I mentioned that I did, had a podcast and he was like, oh, what's your podcast about? And I was like, oh, it's about, you know, being an artist, partly about mental health. And then I felt like, well, clearly I don't know anything about mental health because I've ended up in a therapist's office, like in a complete state. But we've never claimed to be mental health professionals. We just claimed to be open and honest and to talk about things that maybe people might find helpful. So I don't think you can say that everything you've said is incorrect. Well... Um, but um, <laughs> uh, but I, what I would say before I went off the rails, um, <laughs> yeah, I hadn't been diagnosed with any mental health issues. I knew I had anxiety and OCD from Google, but like I didn't hadn't actually been diagnosed. Now I have been. But is anxiety yeah. like an, a condition? Because I just feel yeah. like surely everyone has a low level well, no, amount of anxiety. Anxiety is like a feeling, right? But generalized anxiety disorder, which is what I have, mm. is a condition. Oh, okay. Yeah. And like severe anxiety, I mean. I could barely function. Mm. So, like, it is a condition, like like depression is. Yeah. Like, depression is, and anxiety, I'd say, uh, well, they're the most common. But, yeah, they're, like, conditions. I guess it's conditions. how do you differentiate from just, like, a normal level of I'm a human and I'm anxious about things? Well, I guess, I don't know, but if you can feel anxious, mm. but having anxiety is, like, you're always anxious or you're severely anxious or you're anxious and you're not really sure why a lot of the time. And, mm. you know, it's like a heightened thing. Like, it's it stops you from functioning as you should, I guess. Sorry, I interrupted you. Carry on. Oh, it's okay. So I just say, like, I was too anxious to go and talk about my anxiety at the doctor, <laughs> but it has helped, yeah. like... How ironic. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, like, talking to someone about it and or putting a label on it or, like, getting help for it has been really helpful, so... You know, if you're also in the same position, that's like, you kind of feel like you have a mental health issue, but you haven't got diagnosed or Mm. gone to talk to someone, like, I would recommend doing that because I left it for 29 years. (laughs) Like, I do think I've been really anxious from a child and um, it's been helpful. Yeah, I would definitely, I've definitely seen a change in you, like, since you've been to therapy. I feel a bit more floaty. (laughs) 
<laughs> and floating through life. Un- yeah, know, slightly unburdened nice. by the anxieties that were weighing you down. I mean, obviously, you still got anxiety because if someone yeah. could cure that, then I would, I would be in line for that medicine. Yeah, but I don't think we'd be us without our anxiety. Like, I do think it makes up part of who we are yeah like I wouldn't want to get rid of it completely but that is what I told what my therapist what I wanted on the first week I think without anxiety you'd be so so like <laughs> overconfident you'd just scare people yeah. away yeah you wouldn't you, everyone needs a bit of anxiety it helps us function but too much stops us from functioning properly something that was um really interesting though like because I've always looked around at people that I don't think are very anxious and wondered what is going on in their head because mm. my head I don't know about yours is like it's so loud like so many thoughts and I've always been like are they just having like the same amount of thoughts but happy (laughs) and actually like what I've learned is when you're less anxious it's just kind of quiet like you know you don't think the same amount you're less busy in your head Mm. I always thought I just have loads of happy thoughts in their place but it's actually quite quiet in there and it's a bit weird but it's nice but weird what so your brain is quieter now yeah like I have moments where I'm not really thinking whereas before I would never have had that ever Wow, that's amazing. That's a big change. Yeah, but I, I'm a bit disappointed I'm not just having happy thoughts. Like, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, but then maybe if you're having... As you say, like, no one knows how what other people are thinking or how many thoughts are normal, but maybe if you're having too many happy thoughts because you've still got that's... too much going around in your brain. Or it's just manic. Yeah. It's yeah. like happy manic. You're right, maybe the quietness is better than just all the happy thoughts that you could have as you say quiet but i doubt that there's nothing in your brain <laughs> you're still having thoughts it's just they're less loud and intrusive maybe maybe sometimes i do feel like i'm on standby though what is literally nothing and you're going on yeah in your it's brain? just quiet it's just quiet are you <laughs> is that good <laughs> i think so it's giving me a rest i wonder i don't know i'd have to go away and see whether i ever have a quiet brain yeah anyway i hope that was helpful from both of us like you know, when relevant or not relevant if you don't want or have a baby and also if you're, you know, really chilled. Also, I'm really sorry if you are currently, like, pregnant or about to have a baby and you're now, like, panicking. Because, like, don't. It's, it'd be fine. You'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, like, you got through it. Like, it was really, really hard. But you're just going to have the right people around you. And if you do have those thoughts, you need to voice them to people you trust. Also, at the end of the day, it was only it was only two months of my life, and I'm already at a point where, I've, you know, I feel like things are much better. So time really is a healer, and also time does go really quickly. Mm. Although not quick enough, I'm sure, in the first few weeks. Oh, <laughs> everyone, yeah, I wanted to bat away everyone who kept saying to me, make the most of every single moment, because you won't be this little forever. And I'd be thinking, oh, I wish he was at school, actually, but... <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we haven't picked a topic. Oh, no. This is classic us. Uh, Oh, it's not next week anyway. It's next month. That is forward planning, to be fair. Yeah. Let me just open the app. Maybe we don't need to announce it. Maybe we can announce it on our new Instagram. That's so true. We are going to pick a topic for next time that is just so brilliant. (laughs) You'll want to come back. Oh, yeah. 100%. And keep an eye on our Instagram where we'll be asking for your questions so you can get involved as well. Mm Mm-hmm. So our Instagram is out of ink pod and our I think what do we normally tell people then? Our email address is if you if you have anything to tell us you can email us at out of ink podcast at gmail.com. Well done. And you need to follow, rate and subscribe. Leave us lovely reviews to boost our confidence and tell us lovely things. Yeah, lovely. I think that was it. We done we done? 
Yeah, uh, the end.